Welcome to the Dildorks Dorky Discourse on Sex, Dating, and Masturbating. My name is Kate Sloan. I'm a sex journalist, a sex blogger, and I love to watch porn with my partner. And also by myself, but with my partner for sure. Who are you, friend? I'm Billy. I'm a sex educator and porn maker, and I get a lot of people telling me they watch my porn with their partners. I also mm. watch porn with my partner, but the, the 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 making of the porn with my partner feels slightly more relevant here. I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why people would feel especially inclined to watch your porn with their partners. I wonder if it's because you have like a really friendly, approachable vibe or like you and your partner have like really good chemistry together. I yeah, know. I think there's a couple things at play there. I think like on the one hand, we are real life partners and I get the vibe that like couples watching smut together enjoy being able to see the rapport of partners and like actual partners and people who are attracted to each other and play together regularly it's a different kind of rapport and you can just kind of sense it um so I think there's that I think we have a audience base that has a particularly high representation of queer folks and Mm -hmm. of sex nerds so like those we have a lot of fans who are just likely to watch smut with their partners right right yeah i think i think those are the two big things and also just i i've heard folks talk about watching our smut as like getting ideas for scenes or ways to talk about things they enjoy or that sort of thing, which I guess falls into the sex nerd category. But like, I think our, our smut is particularly well suited to that as well. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I wanted to talk about watching porn with partners or just sort of the idea of porn while in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, because the other day I was scrolling through Reddit as I do and uh, I saw a thread in the Ask Women subreddit that was mm-hmm. like, how would you react if your partner was subscribed to someone on OnlyFans? And I was really floored that like the top like 10 to 15 comments all with like hundreds of upvotes were like the relationship would be over. Like that's not acceptable. That's wild. I know. And... Like, there is a lot of anti-porn sentiment on Reddit, as we talked about Mm. in our No Not November episode, among others. But I think (sighs) this particular one, just based on what people were saying, a lot of it seemed to stem from, like, just a misunderstanding of, like, how OnlyFans works. Because I feel like people think... That's what I was going to say. This feels less... Like, I I feel like the responses might have been different if it was, like, if you caught your partner watching Pornhub. Or if you, or if you know, ten years ago, you found them with porn DVDs under their bed, right? Because a lot of people will say, "I don't like the thought of it because there's personal interaction involved mm-hmm. with the performer," mm-hmm. and you know, certainly as we know, that can be the case. But I think in most cases these days, like the performers are just trying to get content out; like they're not necessarily going to be engaging with you meaningfully on a one-to-one level and right i think folks who don't consume porn have a very different perception of OnlyFans, which like sure makes sense but like i think there is a lot of 
there are a lot of different people using OnlyFans as a platform in a lot of different ways, right? There are people who do a lot of studio shoots and are like porn stars for, you know, however you want to define that term, but are who are like relatively mainstream, who this is the thing that they do. They've been doing it for a very long time. They're very good at what they do. They win awards, etc. right? And they use OnlyFans as a distribution platform. And some of those folks are in their DMs responding to people and having conversations with folks. Some of those folks pay someone to do that for them or several someones, right? Mm -hmm. And on the other end of the spectrum is that hot girl from town who opened an account and posted, you know, 20 slightly nude pictures and is selling subscriptions to everyone who's wanted to see her naked since high school you know like mm-hmm. the and there are people everywhere in between there right like but i think folks who are jealous of their partners using only fans all think it is mostly the the, the latter or assuming mm-hmm. a lot of these you know very mainstream porn performers are having a lot of conversations with folks and they're looking at it as more intimate, right? It's just other horny girls chatting with folks who are into them, right? They're not thinking of any of these people as running a business. Right. Um, And they're not, they're thinking of it as much more like, uh, I mean, yes, sex work these days is a lot more about selling connection than it is about selling dvd sales or whatever the fuck right Mm -hmm. um it is a less divorced process of like consuming media very separate from the person who created it Mm -hmm. right and i'd argue that's fairly similar of modern day celebrity and media production in general Right? Like, I'm not sure you could be relatively popular and mainstream as an actor without having some kind of social media presence and feigning some sort of connection with a fan base. Like, I think that's just what social media has done to media creation these days. Yeah, it's a really good point. And it does point out the hypocrisy in this stance because. Mm-hmm. A lot of other people, a lot of people would not have an issue with, yeah, their partner, like, having a conversation with some celebrity or even, like, a public figure who they watch on YouTube. Um, And it's, like, just as much of, like, a business interaction or a fan Mm -hmm. creator interaction. And Mm -hmm. your point about them not understanding that these are business owners, I think, is really salient, too, Mm -hmm. because... That was really evident in the replies I was reading on Reddit where people were like, we have a rule that we're both allowed to watch free porn, but as long as we don't pay for it, then it's okay. And then some other Mm -hmm. people were like, no, like it makes me uncomfortable that he would be like paying some other woman and like having sex with me for free or whatever. Okay. And it's like these people, I was talking to my spouse about it last night because they were getting like really angry as well reading this. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about how it's just like it completely shows a misunderstanding of the economics of creating art of any kind mm-hmm. and is just extremely denigrating to sex workers humanity like they're viewing them right. as like i don't know like 
what's the word for what I'm looking for? Like they're viewing them as like sluts that are going to like steal your man or whatever. And that they're literally just like trying to make their living. Right. What if your man's available to be stolen? Like if your man's open to being stolen by somebody, it's more likely to be somebody he knows in his real life. Well, right. And I, the thing people fail to understand, like, I mean, yes, a lot of sex workers do this work because we're turned on by this work and we enjoy this work and we like the idea of lots of people watching us and or throwing money at us for doing sexy things. Like, yes, many of us get into this industry because that sounds fun. And to do it in any sort of way that is, like, sustainable and to dedicate the amount of time and energy that it takes to create a product that is like in any way impressive is just beyond the scope of what one horny person is going to do for fun. <laughs> like you just you, you you know what I mean like no one yeah. is that horny for that long with that little that few other commitments frankly. Right. You know like it's just they're not they're not just doing it for funsies and they're not going to come fuck your man. Like they, they have better things to do with their time. Like, I, right. And yeah. also like they fucking deserve to be paid for their work. Like I right. wrote in the thread, it would actually be a way bigger red flag for me if a partner was like, Oh no, I never pay for porn. Like on principle, like I'm against paying for porn. Why would I do that when I can get so much for free? I would be like, wow. Like you have, very little respect for sex workers evidently and you have this entitled attitude of wanting to be able to consume it without having to pay for it this is a separate issue by the way from people who would like to be able to pay for their porn but can't afford to like i'm not talking about that here and uh it's just really and there's plenty of stuff that's out there that's advertising that's out there for free on purpose right and if you don't have money you can enjoy that stuff like i it's fine there have been times in my life where i've gotten off mostly on the advertisements like (laughs) but also recognize that there's so much more available if you're paying for it but that we can't create that stuff without money coming in to i mean baseline feed us and pay for the apartments that are our sets but also you know any other spaces that we're renting or testing or travel or all of those things like to create any sort of product with any sort of consistency costs money. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want porn to continue to exist, you have to pay for your porn at least some of the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, the reason that I really got pissed off, I mean, I was pissed off reading that Reddit thread, but then I wrote like a Twitter thread about it. And I woke up this morning. What was was in this Twitter thread? Just like the type of shit that I'm saying now. And I Mm. was talking a little bit more about the idea that I think a lot of these women and it is largely straight cis women here who mm-hmm. we're talking about who do this like I think a lot of them have such deep-seated insecurities and like Madonna horror complex thinking mm-hmm. and slut shaming and all of these internalized things that they just like can't even see that that stuff is clouding their vision and is making them make these choices like they're just like nope mm-hmm. it's a hard boundary i'm allowed to have standards for myself which of course you're allowed to have standards you're allowed to have boundaries you're not allowed to coerce and control your partner's solo sex life like that's mm-hmm. not okay 
um, unless they explicitly consent to it being okay for you to do that. And even then, I would say safe word and regular check-ins would be yeah. great on yeah. that because that's essentially a form of CNC. Yeah. Um, and then I just think that it like really fires people up when you point out that they're doing something for an emotional reason that they think that they're doing for like a logical reason. Mm-hmm. And it's the the tweet that like really kind of like <laughs> got me going today was from someone being like like quote tweeting me and being like mm-hmm. it's so sad to see that like feminism has fallen so far that like a sex writer is shocked that women are like standing up for their right to set boundaries in their relationship. And I'm like, you're That's talking about fucking feminism? You're going to fucking cite feminism in a discussion where a bunch of women are saying it's not okay to pay women and queer people and trans people, etc., who are making good art because it makes me uncomfortable that my partner wants right. to give money to people other, other than me. Like, it's that's so far from feminism and it's baffling to me. Yeah, it's... <sighs> It's absurd. And I think a lot of it is also rooted in like, I don't know, you talked about the Madonna whore thing. And there's also a lot here in the like, the way we talk about men's sexuality as like, being as like as constantly desiring sex. Mm-hmm. And like it put putting this weird standard on the women in these heterosexual relationships, right to like, be the gatekeepers of sex but also be like perpetually desirable by their partners otherwise any sign that they're looking at anyone other than them is a threat because monogamy etc right Mm -hmm. and it's just i i can't fathom it just sounds stressful man i don't you know like (laughs) right yeah all of the things being enforced by all of that i just and like she's not gonna come suck your boyfriend's dick bro like i that's (laughs) and if she is then that's a different problem it's the problem that your partner has chosen to cheat on you which is a different thing right exactly yeah uh, yeah like the the reasons there's many reasons that i feel so passionately and speak so passionately about this issue and like one of the reasons is i just believe in bodily autonomy as we've been discussing Mm -hmm. but also i've been a person who was so insecure and anxious about abandonment or about not being enough that i felt jealousy or insecurity i wouldn't say that i ever really felt it about porn i think Mm -hmm. because like i don't know i always had friends who were porn performers um and it just that didn't bother me but i've felt versions mm-hmm. of this feeling like even about like partners female friends or whatever mm-hmm. and so i know that living with that type of anxiety and walking around with that hyper vigilance all the time is really painful and exhausting and not fun and not good for you and not good for your your relationship and mm. I was lucky enough to be able to go through therapy, which I know not everybody can access, but I sort of like healed the original traumas that caused these deep-seated feelings of inadequacy and anxiety. And a lot of those types of feelings have just completely gone away and I'm so much happier and my relationship is healthier. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like, you know, in polyamory, we talk about 
I forget if it was Dr. Liz Powell who coined this term or somebody else, but we talk about legislating away your feelings as in like mm. creating a rule that uh, serves to protect you from an emotion you don't want to feel. Mm-hmm. And I think that when we start doing that, whether we're non-monogamous or monogamous, um, I think it quickly becomes a game of whack-a-mole. We're like, mm-hmm. oh, feeling came up, going to slam it down. Oh, another feeling came up over here, going to slam that down. And it's like if you're never addressing the source of the feelings, then it's never going to stop. And uh, yeah. that's not great. Yeah, absolutely. And I, the thing with porn, too, is it's already so separate from your relationship mm-hmm. like i i don't know i just feel so worried especially the folks who t- talk about it like i've seen this take online people who talk about it like it seems obvious like it would be an obvious betrayal to have someone engaging with porn while in a relationship with you or whatever right. and i just I, they're not they're not even talking to the to a, a a person who's doing anything other than their job like my brain was saying not even a real person they are a real person right, right. obviously yeah and the sex worker over here would be like porn people aren't real actually <laughs> yeah. i'm faye this is me coming out um they're not a actually real an illusion <laughs> but like yeah they're not and they're probably not bringing you the the like realist version of themselves with the most authentic g- candid vulnerable feelings that they've ever had right like right you're getting a version of them that is probably more or less always somewhat sexually interested in you, regardless Mm. of whether they have ever been in their life, right? Like, there is a degree of inauthenticity there. Um, If you're talking to them at all, if you're not just, like, scrolling Pornhub or, like, following their feed or, like, looking at their pictures, like, I... This person is so far separated from your relationship that, like, if you need to control their behavior around that because it feels threatening to you, it feels like a canary in a coal mine. Like, I'm scared of what else is under there. Like, I, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I also think people, like, tell themselves stories about, like, what porn is for or, like, why their partner's... Mm watch Mm -hmm. porn that are not necessarily accurate like i saw a guy describe porn on reddit the other day as being for him like a visual vibrator which i thought was a really Mm. good Mm -hmm. description um i like that yeah yeah he said it's just it stimulates him uh it excites him it arouses him you know all the stuff that we know that porn does and i think a lot of times people who are uncomfortable with their partners watching porn feel that way because they think that their partner is watching that porn and like dreaming of like, oh, I wish my sex life was like this or I wish my partner mm-hmm. looked like this or whatever. And I just don't think most people are using it that way. Like it's sort of like action movies or rom-coms even where, yeah, you might swoon over the character, but the person who's your partner in real life, you've chosen them for a reason, probably largely mm-hmm. having to do with like compatibility and you like each other's personalities and interests and friends and all this stuff. And as you said, like public figures, including porn stars, are putting up a persona and you're not getting a sense of the full person. And I think most people know that and most people are yeah. not like developing actual like romantic attachments to the porn people who they're watching. Right. And I think, uh, I think again, people who don't interact with porn often, 
think of it as uh, something people turn to to fulfill the same role that sex does in the same way mm-hmm. people feel that way about masturbation sometimes. Like, right. Cause we've seen these same conversations around like jealousy around folks masturbating while in a relationship or using like, sex toys. Even... Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, this idea that they all serve the same purpose and fulfill the same feeling. And if we're thinking of the feelings we get from having sex, especially with like folks that we're in relationship with, right. Especially if you're, the kind of person that typically only has sex with people that you're like in intimate relationship with, like that's going to have all kinds of clusters of feelings of intimacy and vulnerability and connection and love and whatever else we want to say. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you're mapping all of those onto the experience someone is having with porn, like that, that's probably not accurate, but you can get where they get these feelings of like fear and jealousy and, uh, inadequacy i suppose and whatever else Mm -hmm. yeah we we will move on to listener questions eventually but one other point i wanted to make is i think it's really inadvisable for you to be your partner's only sexual outlet Mm -hmm. or to demand that that be the case because then you get into a situation where like anytime they're horny the only option they have is to engage with you sexually and you're not Mm -hmm. always going to be in the mood. And I have read stories on Reddit of people like reluctantly agreeing to have sex with their partners because they had this type of agreement in place Mm -hmm. and they're scared. Like if I don't have sex with him when he's horny, he'll like go find someone else, like even online. Mm -hmm. And it's just not, healthy for either of you it does not create the conditions for a healthy sexual relationship where every instance that you're having sex together is a time when you both really want to be having sex and connecting in that way Mm -hmm. and i just think it's an unrealistic naive view of sexuality to think that there will never be mismatches like that yeah yeah i absolutely agree okay let's move on to some listener questions One listener asked, what do I do if I like watching porn with my partner, but their tastes slash kinks are too extreme for me? Um, And this is a really tough one because you you do not want to kink shame your partner. That can do really lasting damage to them and to the relationship. Um, Mm -hmm. And you don't want to seem like you're judging their tastes, even though like you kind of are. You're judging them as not being something that you're into. Um, So how would you suggest communicating about this? I mean, so I think a lot of my advice is going to depend on them being equally sex nerdy. Um, (laughs) And I think odds are pretty decent given that they're dating a listener to our show and (laughs) they watch relatively edgy smut. Kinksters tend to just err on the sex nerdy side of things. Mm -hmm. Um, We kind of have to in many cases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But I do think it would be helpful to... Kind of, I mean, this is going to be like Dildork 101 advice, but engage in a conversation about like what bits of the smut that they enjoy you find hot and what stuff feels like a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can even talk about, because like, frankly, I don't love watching the kind of stuff that I fantasize about having done to me, like mm. especially particularly edgy stuff. Sometimes I'll watch animated versions of it, but like I don't watch exceptionally heavy porn Mm. um when compared to like stuff i fantasize about and or just do for funsies Mm -hmm. um 
I find it harder to watch than I do to like do. Right. Um, so the fact that you don't necessarily like watching it doesn't necessarily mean that you don't even find it hot or don't want to do it. Like it just, the, the things we enjoy seeing are, are different from the things we enjoy thinking about and the things we enjoy doing. Uh, anyway, that was a long-winded way of getting to, like, <laughs> if there are things you find hot about their, the smut they're sharing, like, I think it's worth talking about. And I think it's worth spending, like, some time poking around the things that they enjoy, right? Uh, I am assuming it's not so heavy that you, like, can't stand to look at it, right? I imagine there are parts of it that you're just like, oh, this is just not what I would watch to jerk off to, right? Um, but I would like explore different things that they enjoy, right? Because the Venn diagram of the kind of porn they enjoy and the kind of porn you enjoy probably has some overlap, right? Mm -hmm. You just need to find where that is, right? Where their tastes may air a little softer if you're like, if they're like, oh, is, if it has a lot of close-ups of people's bits, like, that's fun for me, even if you have this other story that is, like, slightly less impact in it, or is more story-driven, or is slightly less coercive, or whatever. Like, find the elements that are, like, very yes and very no for each of you, mm -hmm. and try and find things that fall in the middle area there. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, that is a very classic Dildorky answer. Yeah. Um, you mentioned cartoon porn, and I think that's mm. perhaps mm -hmm. worth considering because there are definitely things that I find squick me out if I view them happening for real, and then cartoons wouldn't necessarily bother me as much. Mm -hmm. If you have some specific... about the weird cartoon physics, man. I, yeah. Like, <laughs> sometimes it's quite good. Anyway, <laughs> if you have specific triggers that you're looking to avoid, and your partner is willing, they could perhaps look through porn clips beforehand mm -hmm. to check if it has the trigger that you're trying to avoid. Like, for example, if they really want to watch deep-throating porn, but you can't watch people gagging, uh, mm -hmm. they could watch through something. Or just, you know, pick one of their faves that they know doesn't have gagging in it. Um, right. And when you do communicate to somebody about, you know, not totally sharing their porn tastes, I think you should take a leaf out of the book of couples therapy when they say to use I statements and, and really mm -hmm. center the reason within yourself. Uh, you know, like I might say like, oh, it's not really my thing because it like reminds me of this thing that happened to me and I don't want to want to think about that or like whatever you want to disclose. Um, mm -hmm. If you want to disclose anything at all, because I think really and placing that focus on yourself will hopefully take the, the judgment feeling off of them a little bit right and like it may not even be like you may have a, a, a serious and personal reason why you may not want to watch them like it may also just be i find it distracting i like mm -hmm. when people sob a lot their face gets covered in snot and i find it really gross to a distracting point like that's a <laughs> genuine one for me like mm -hmm. i i can watch really mean things happen to a lot of people but if they start getting that like tear snot covered situation and aren't able to handle it i'm like no i'm sorry i can't i like i will read out of watching the scene and like there's there's nothing wrong with that this i just can't right yeah so like you can you know if there are specific things that you're like, hey, this is what's hard for me. You could also, I think it's worth noting, uh, 
it would be helpful to be sharing things you enjoy in this instance too if you don't watch porn if you read it or if you like whatever thing gets you off too like Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be one-to-one well they showed me a video so i have to find a video online even though i don't watch videos like but i do think the shared vulnerability of showing things that you enjoy as well one will help the two of you start to like kind of calibrate your judgment of each other's tastes and the kind of smut that you'll recommend to each other Mm-hmm. And two is kind of a a show of shared vulnerability, especially since like they're showing you this thing and you're saying, "Hey, it's not my taste." Like that can be a tough. That can feel like a rejection, right? It is yeah. to some degree a rejection, right? Um, so I think that offering of additional vulnerability of being like, "Here's the stuff that I like, and maybe you won't like it because it's." not heavy enough for you or right. because like uh, some of the people i'm into are not your type or like whatever it doesn't have this particular fetish or whatever right like being willing to be like no i know there are things that get me off that you don't like either and like that's also cool but let's go on a shared adventure to find the stuff that we do both like you know yeah i think like sharing the load of vulnerability is really important in this kind of thing mm-hmm. because yeah like you might not be thinking about it as the person having to phrase this criticism because it might Mm -hmm. feel vulnerable even just to do that but i agree that sometimes people are more likely to get defensive or upset if they feel that like they went out on a limb and you haven't similarly done that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i was also thinking you know that game it's not a game um the thing where you're trying to like split up a piece of food and it's like one person cuts it and then the other person gets to pick which one they want and it's supposed to Uh ensure that you like cut it evenly Mm -hmm. i was Mm -hmm. thinking about like a porn version of that where like okay what if your partner's kink is rope bondage and you're not really into rope bondage but what if they tell you to pick something from that category and then you get to pick the clips from that category Mm -hmm. so you get to do a little research and find like what looks appealing to you like for reasons related to probably other stuff going on in the clip Mm -hmm. and i think that that might be a fun equitable way to do this especially if like you give them their keyword that you're into that they get to search for stuff on Right. Or even if you're offering each other multiple choice lists of like, I like anything off these five videos, which one do you want to watch? Yeah. Like that's something my partner and I will sometimes do, or we'll just direct them to like a search results page or a website or an artist's profile or something and be like, here, pick something from here. What do you, you know, what do you feel about? Or here, I've opened these five tabs, pick one that you like or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, my partner and I will also often just like take turns recommending things being like I found this this week look oh I found this one look watch this one right so that kind of back and forth can also help This week's episode of The Dildorks is sponsored by our friends at Nothasaur Toys, a company that's been making playful-looking, fantasy-inspired sex toys since 2010. If you're into fantasy toys, you gotta check them out. They've got all kinds of wild stuff, from tentacle dildos to steampunk-esque penis sheaths to a Christmas tree-shaped butt plug. There's a grinder on their website called The Flora that's genuinely terrifying-looking in a way that I think a lot of you might find hot. 
And uh, since we're talking about porn this episode, it's worth noting that Nothosaur toys would be great for using on camera. These toys have so many bright colors, interesting shapes, and fetishy backstories. And Nothosaur even sells a range of ejaculating dildos and their own cum lube, making it easier to bring your fantasy to life. Or, hey, you could always buy one for your favorite content creator and commission a custom clip with it. If you want to check out these awesome fantasy toys, head over to nothosaur.com. That's N-O-T-H-O-S-A-U-R.com. And you can use our coupon code DILDORKS to get 10% off your order. You are welcome. Thanks so much to Nothosaur for the support. Now back to the show. Seen this coming up a lot lately. The question mm-hmm. is: Is it okay to watch porn on my phone while receiving oral sex? Um, I, <laughs> I saw another Reddit thread about this the other day. I feel like I see stuff about this all the time, and usually it's like, uh, my boyfriend watches porn while I'm blowing him, and he hasn't spoken to me about that or asked me if I'm okay <laughs> with that, and it makes me feel really shitty. And I'm like, yeah, that would make me feel shitty too. You gotta talk about that first, bro. <laughs> Right. I was like, yeah, that's very okay. As long as you address it first. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you gotta discuss that. Like, it's fine if that is a thing that is hot to both of you, right? Um, That that's a fun hot scenario. I'd be into that. And you can't just pull your phone out in the middle of having sex with someone and not address it. You can't just do that i don't think i need to say anything else about why i think that's just that should just be straight like yeah come on now yeah (sighs) yeah like either address it in the moment or like i've had a previous conversation where you agree that this is okay to do whenever ideally the other one i would not actually address it in the i would not actually like this is fun and all you mind if i watch some porn while i like (laughs) I, people look at their phones for all number of reasons and we pretty much view it as a sign of like boredom and disinterest these days right yeah. like a sign that you are seeking out extra stimulation you don't want to be doing that in the middle of fucking someone's face you just don't <laughs> like it's hot to me because it communicates boredom and disinterest right but that's not a universal experience, and you need to make sure they also feel that way. <laughs> yeah, I think that this is, like, really hard mode in terms of watching porn in a partnered context if one mm-hmm. or both of you has insecurities about that. I think that, like, I wouldn't recommend this to someone who, like, is still working through that stuff or just recently sort of started to feel better right. about that stuff. But I think for the same reason, it does work really well for, like, humiliation-style fantasies. Mm-hmm. Like, I've definitely done things that were almost, like, cuckolding-esque uh, humiliation. They call it bored and ignored sometimes, mm-hmm. this kink. And I would just watch porn on my phone while my partner's going down on me. And the entire idea, basically, is that I'm, like using them as a vibrator while I watch porn the way that I would if I was alone. And that's something that we have specifically negotiated and consented Mm -hmm. to because I would not feel right about doing that otherwise. (laughs) Right, right, right. It it just, like, it very clearly communicates that I'm just here for this feeling good for me. Yeah. Which, again, can be a hot thing to communicate. 
provided everyone's down. Right. I also think one of the risks of randomly taking your phone out during sex without saying anything is that somebody might think you're like trying to photograph them or take a video mm. without mm-hmm. consent, which does also happen. I see a lot of that on Reddit as well. And that's yeah. not cool. Yeah. But you know that. You're a Dildorf's listener. <laughs> um, okay, here's an ethical question for you. Uh, is it okay to share OnlyFans passwords with my partners? Yeah. That's <laughs> fine. I I don't... I, yes. I, like, yeah, no, I'd love it if you were both paying me. But, like, I don't... I, I'm not that, but yeah, share them, especially with your partners. Like, come on now. I, you know, maybe don't share it with the whole town, but like, yes, mm-hmm. you can share porn. I'm, yeah. Yeah. I and I think it's a cute way to like get a glimpse into the kinds of things each of you are fantasizing about and right. like to be able to be like, oh, did you see that new thing this person posted this day? Oh, isn't that great? Like, blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah. 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 I've debated this with my partner because. We're long distance, but we talk on the phone almost every night in a way that's Mm -hmm. very much like how you would talk to your spouse if you got home to them after a day of work Mm -hmm. or whatever. And sometimes we watch porn together and we have talked about how like, because sometimes they'll send me their login info and we'll watch Mm -hmm. something at the same time like synced up. But we're like, if we were physically together, we would be using one login because we would be watching it on one screen. And so... I feel okay about that, but still, if it's like buy a video, I'll usually just buy it myself. Um, mm. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't like. Here's my. Th- I don't. I don't care. I care if you are like independently wealthy, and the two of you are watching our porn every night in different places and it's like would you give me the extra seven dollars fuck you give me seven dollars you know yeah but like i think for the average person like a the the frequency with which the two people would be watching the site anyway like often they're going to be enjoying it together i yeah like we all have a limited number of things we can subscribe to spend your you know the other partner you know each of you subscribe to a different porn person and share each other's like sure fine Mm -hmm. do your thing you know right i'm not bothered by that if you're living in the lap of luxury and watching queer sex workers struggle and being like uh you don't need my seven dollars a month hey fuck you but like i don't think that's the vast majority of people listening to this yeah yeah for sure listener asked should i be concerned if my partner only watches porn of people who look nothing like me no no probably not no i don't yeah i don't know i like i okay i can totally understand it getting to you like i can totally understand it crossing your mind as a thing that feels weird when clustered with a lot of other behaviors, I might even let it, like, you know, not feel great or whatever. But I think as long as your partner is, like, regularly showing an attraction to you as well, like, I would not... I don't think it makes sense to start comparing yourself to the people that they're jerking off to. 
there are any number of reasons why we're attracted to the sex workers that we're attracted to and things that we like about them. Like, mm-hmm. I, I could be... You know, you you could be sitting there paranoid that she's a brunette and he couldn't tell you what color her hair is because he just likes her tits that much. Like, you don't or know what BJ draws technique. them. Yeah. Right, exactly. You have no <laughs> idea what draws these people to the porn performers that they like. And it's really not about, like... Yeah, I don't know. Like, he, you could ask this person... I mean depending on your anxiety, you could ask them what they like about the different sex workers they like and hear in their own words, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, their answer could be, I find them, like, really joyful and excitable and their face lights up the way yours does. And you're like, but we look nothing alike. And it's like, okay, and, like... Yeah. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I, you have no idea. It truly doesn't matter. Like, I... Um, I, I say that because one of the most consistent things I like in people that I'm attracted to is like, oh, your face is really easy to read. You're a walking cartoon character. You have feelings yeah. all over your face. I love this. You're incredibly emotive, right? And like, that's not a thing that you would look at and be like, ah, they all have red hair. I understand, you know? Right. Yeah. So anyway, I... I get why you might feel some type of way, but that is more in your head than it is indicative of literally anything. Attraction is a vast and complicated thing. Yeah, I agree. I was reading a Reddit thread that was discussing something similar the other day, and one guy was like, it's about variety. Like, if I have access to chocolate ice cream all the time, like, when I go out, I'm going to get a different flavor of ice cream, and that Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that I don't Mm -hmm. like chocolate ice cream. And I think that people who are monogamous and in kind of like a toxic monogamy mindset like kind of freak out Mm -hmm. hearing something like that because any element of the idea of like not being enough quote-unquote is triggering for them potentially but Mm -hmm. it's true like human beings do like a certain amount of variety for the most part including in the sexual Mm -hmm. realm and uh, I actually think you can take a nifty reframe from the polyamory world on this one it reminds me of uh Reed Mahalko's eight-armed monster of mm. jealousy framework or whatever the fuck it's called. Eight-armed mm-hmm. octopus of jealousy. I don't know. Um, yeah. And and he talks about all the like reasons that people or some of the key reasons people experience jealousy. And one of them that he mentions is the need to feel special, which was definitely like a big one for me. And he points out in the or he did in the workshop that I took that it can actually be really comforting if your partner's other partner doesn't look anything like you, like maybe is a different mm-hmm. gender or a different like body type, different hair color, whatever the fuck, because then it makes you feel like, oh, I'm still special in the sense that like mm-hmm. that person's not competition in like my categories. Like that's a weird way to think about it. But like I do oh, think no, that, for sure. that has helped me sometimes. And I wonder if like a similar mindset about porn consumption would, <laughs> would be helpful. I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm way more likely to feel jealous of folks that my partner expresses interest in that are, like, weird little trans mask guys, you know what I mean? (laughs) Versus, like, any other category of human where I'm just like, oh, you're... You kissed a pretty girl and have fun. I it's it's, Yeah, she is very pretty. Go have fun now. I don't, you know, like... Right, yeah. Way less likely to be phased. Yeah, and I also think that this question is indicative of a uh, 
a common belief in kind of the monogamy mindset, although it does exist outside of that, which is the idea of like people having types. And usually mm. it's implied that like you only really have one type. Like, are you a boob guy or a butt guy? Are you into like mm-hmm. tall, skinny blondes? Are you into short, curvy brunettes, whatever? And I think in reality, most people have multiple types. And also right. you can't really divide humans that evenly and uh, reductively. Like, it's just not yeah how humans are. Uh, so I think we all just need to accept that people have varying tastes and that's actually a good thing. Yeah, for sure. One more question, I think. A listener was wondering how to deal with queer porn with non-queer partners. Um, This is, I think, a relatable problem for many people. I remember, this is not queer porn, but I remember showing uh, my boyfriend many years ago uh, a video of a guy going down on a woman because I thought it was hot. And my boyfriend, who was straight, was like, I don't want to look at a guy's face. Like, it just really turns me off. I don't think this is going to turn mm-hmm. me on, which is, like, fair. Like, he didn't say it in a shitty way. But right. similarly, I can get, like, being apprehensive to show queer porn to your straight partner. Yeah, I could see that. I think I'm actually grappling slightly more with, I think my biggest struggle, frankly, would, like, if they don't find it hot, fine. What we will find other things that they might enjoy. Whatever. I think it would be harder for me if they like leaned real hard on the ally thing in a way that felt uncomfortable, <laughs> or like were into it in a way that felt really tokenizing, or were really like ready to support my enjoyment of it in a way that felt inauthentic. Right? Like. <sighs> And I, it's, it's, I, I don't date straight people, so I don't know, <laughs> right? But I could feel it feeling like an opportunity to, like, and again, maybe this is how I'm speaking, this just speaks to my relationships with straight people, but, like, it would feel to me more like, ah, yeah, you don't, you're, you don't experience this like I experience this, and I wouldn't be able to move away from that headspace. That said... I do know plenty, like, straight adjacent or very gay adjacent, right? (laughs) Like, um, monosexuals, at least, right? (laughs) Folks attracted to one gender, right? Yeah. Um, Who do fuck like queer people. Yeah. Right? Definitely. Who do have relatively queer sex, right? Like, I know, you know... men who fuck mostly afab folks but still fuck more like a queer person than a cis man um right so like i think in those situations it may not feel weird like it may just uh, be a thing that they can enjoy and they may be able to sit there with you with it uh, sit in that space with you with it I don't know, that sentence got away from me, but you know what I'm getting at, right? Like, it may feel more authentic. And frankly, everything we've been talking about so far would benefit from an approach of, like, I'm watching this because it is interesting to me to see what turns you on. Mm -hmm. Because it is hot to me to know what gets you off, because this is 
fun and sates a bit of curiosity and is intriguing and interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Not expecting the porn your partner shows you to be as inherently hot to you as the porn you find on your own when you're jerking off. Right. Right. Like that's expecting a that's like expecting a hand job from your partner to feel like jerking off. Like that's not go they're not inside you. They're not going to pick what you've picked, right? Yeah. But it is still interesting to see what they enjoy and what they're picking. Uh, so I think going into it with slightly different expectations from what you might be used to going to porn for if you're watching porn on your own would be helpful, both in this scenario and in the other kink scenarios and other things that we talked about. Yeah. Yeah, there's also queer porn that features a man and a woman fucking. Like, that's definitely a thing. Mm-hmm. I'm reminded of ned mayhem scenes on crash pad mm-hmm. series they don't have very many cis men on crash pad last i checked but he is one of them as far as i know and mm-hmm. uh those scenes like you said like a lot of times those types of scenes feel really queer even if like a straight person could look at them and be like that looks like straight sex it's got a lot of decentering of their dick, right? A right. lot of hand sex, a lot of oral, a lot of toys, a lot of communication. Right. Right. It doesn't necessarily... <sighs> Porn for women often gets assumed to be more soft, co- soft core and yeah. like lighter stuff. And I think porn for queers gets looped into that category because far too many people view queers as women adjacent and women light and, mm-hmm. you know related categories which i'm gonna just look at that soapbox as i walk past it and continue on this other (laughs) thought just glare longingly at that soapbox anyway um but i do glare longingly (laughs) oh oh, i have so many things to say um keep on walking (laughs) anyway all of that is to say queer sex is not inherently softer right but it does have a very different cadence mm-hmm. than heterosexual sex and heterosexual porn. Right. I would also consider, like, probably as long as the people involved or people your partner finds attractive or at least not actively unattractive, it's probably fine. I actually think it could be a right. good litmus test in some way, especially early days. Like, if you're a bi person dating a straight person and they act weird about queer porn... I'd be a little worried about what that might mean. I would, you know, ask about that a little more deeply, figure out what's going on there. Uh, But, you know, I've had straight partners in the past who could enjoy queer scenes with me where it was just like people who they thought were attractive. Like, even if it's not necessarily someone who like they would want to fuck, like (laughs) they they can at least say like, oh, yeah, that's a good looking person or whatever. And I think that that sometimes makes it easier for people to enjoy it. And then also you can look for stuff that like features kinks or activities that you like to do together because that might make it feel a little bit more relatable to them. Right. I think like the other interesting thing here is I think it's actually really rare for folks to watch porn in any circumstance other than trying to get off and trying to find things that they find actively incredibly hot. Mm -hmm. And... Because of that, I think a lot of folks kind of forget that there's porn that you can just feel neutral about. Yeah. That that's fine. That it just can. Like, it's not, you, you're not actively, it's not either 
this gets my dick hard or I'm repulsed by it. Right. Like, the, that's not actually the binary that you're facing with most porn. I know, like, and I think it can sometimes feel a little bit more intense when you are, like, actively trying to get off and, mm-hmm. like... You know, and there certainly are things that are going to squick you or that can feel really intense to see if you haven't watched that kind of porn at all before, if you don't watch a lot of porn, right? Mm -hmm. But you can just watch porn and feel fine about it. Like, that's an okay experience. You can't just, that is just, oh, that's some media I consume, right? Like, right. I don't know. We've all watched a movie and gotten to the end and been like, well, that certainly was a movie. Um, <laughs> I can say that was a movie that I watched. Right. Yeah. Like, you can, that. that's fine. You can, you can have that experience with porn too, right? And you can, it can be a social experience with someone that you're sitting with, with a, whether that be a friend or a partner or whatever. It can be an opportunity to learn more about them. It can be something that you're curious about that you both watch and you're both like, well, I've seen that. I don't know how I feel about it, but uh, yeah. I now know that, that that those people certainly seem to really enjoy it. Um, all right. I think I learned I'm not into that thing, right? Like, yeah. I, but even like it's you can, all, you can you know, watch porn for like entertainment or out of curiosity right. and enjoy it, but not necessarily find it arousing. Um, or you might not I enjoy love, it. Do you remember the uh, 1970s Alice in Wonderland musical porn parody? I sure fucking do, friend. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite pieces of porn in the world and i it is not hot i have never jerked up but it is so funny (laughs) one of my favorite uh porn things to watch for like entertainment purposes like it is also hot but i find it very entertaining Mm -hmm. to watch like with groups is the crash pad scene that's between jizz lee and nina hartley Mm-hmm. where nina like keeps her jeans on the whole time and there's like a lot of like fun flirty dirty talk and communication and then there's this like spectacular finale where jizz asks nina to punch their vulva to make them mm-hmm. squirt and nina's kind of surprised and is like punch it okay and then does it and it's like <laughs> amazing it's so theatrical it's this video oh, it's is so, so fun to watch with groups of people or just with uh-huh. folks who are curious about what queer porn is like, I guess. Ah, <laughs> oh, I love that. That's so good. I think there's a magic wand and maybe an 11 in it. That sounds right. Yeah. I was picturing an 11. Yes. So I think that's true. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Dildorks. I hope it inspires you to watch porn with your partner if you want to and to not do that if you don't want to. I've been Kate Sloan. You can find me online at katesloan.com. I have two books out, 101 Kinky Things Even You Can Do, which has a section about porn and different ways you can use porn together and solo, and 200 Words to Help You Talk About Sexuality and Gender. I am on Twitter and Instagram at girly underscore juice, and I am doing song a month this year instead of song a week. So my latest song Mm -hmm. was called It's Just Sex, and it was about developing romantic feelings for a fuck buddy where is your stuff nice nice i'm billy you can find all of my porn to watch with your partner or solo over at billylore.com also got all the other stuff i do over there including workshops and a number of other things i'm on twitter and instagram at billylore and at billylore underscore respectively uh 
I will go back to posting in those places one day, I imagine. <laughs> Together with the Dildorks, we're on Twitter and Instagram at the Dildorks and at the Dildorks.com. We're also at patreon.com slash the Dildorks. That's where you can throw money at us to help us keep doing this thing that we do. And being clever on the internet. For $6 a month, you get access to our Patreon-only Discord, where you can hang out with us, talk about all kinds of sexy, dorky things with other nerds like you. And for $12 a month, you get access to our Patreon-only bonus episodes, where we say lots of clever things. We have a new one to record soon, I think. Uh, so I should have some weird sex between now and then. I did. I had some weird sex this weekend. We're good. I'm ready. <laughs> good. <laughs> I mean, good. I'd like to have more, but, like, I'm set. Just, yeah. uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I have some juicy stuff to talk about. Ooh. I want to say thank you to our top tier Patreon supporters, Amy, Amelia, Nat, MB, and Sabbath at Christie. We really appreciate your support. Thank you to Protodome, who did our theme song. Thank you to Amy, who did our logo. Thank you to our sponsor for this episode, Nothasaur Toys. Don't forget you can use our coupon code DILDORKS to get 10% off your order on a really beautiful fantasy sex toy. And thank you to you for listening. Until next time, folks, get out there and live your sexy, dorky life. Bye. I'm just over here like, I touched her tits once. <laughs> she gave me... Butt plug advice once. Oh. In the only interaction I had with her in real life. When I had just gotten yeah. the, the Pure Plug 2.0. Oh. Yeah, she, uh, <laughs> this was like Woodhull years ago, pre gender things and everything. And she used she, her pronouns, and then like grabbed my tag and was like, hang on, wait. Okay, yes, correct. So she was just ahead of the game. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and then grabbed me by the hand and was like, still, it was Woodhull. She was Woodhulling. She had so many people to talk to. She was yeah. on the board and shit. Yeah. I was like talking to multiple people and just dragging me through the hotel and was like, we're going to go back to my room and make out for 10 minutes. I have 10 minutes. I'm going to set a time. Okay. We have that much time. <laughs> I was like, great. Thank you. And then I left again and I was like, okay. <laughs> but she just like grabbed me by the hand and I still have her phone number. No, she typed her name into my phone and it autocorrected to all caps because I had been texting to you in all caps, <laughs> Nina fucking Harley. Oh my god, that's so embarrassing and funny. That's <laughs> fine. Yeah, you know. It's alright. That reminds me of <laughs> that reminds me of when I was in New York and I was in love with name redacted. Um, uh-huh. and I took a selfie with him while we were drunk at a bar and I texted it to my mm-hmm. friend when I went to the bathroom. And then when I came back, the guy was like wanting to fix a setting on my phone. Cause I've been complaining about a problem oh, with my no. phone <laughs> and he went on there. And then as he was on there, I received a response from my friend that was like, you two should just get married already. And he just made some, he was like, well, I saw that, uh, just something like that. And it was just, it was so cringe. Um, uh, not- I had someone, uh, someone I dated who I met at a con, mm-hmm. um, was putting their number in my phone 
when I got a text from a blogger friend of ours about, like, you know, uh, how they had left the table so that I could continue flirting with him and they could go, like, they're like, yeah, I just, I I said I was going to the bathroom. I'm not coming back. I left you two to flirt with that. like the, mm. the flirt. And he's, like, holding my phone, entering his thing. And I'm like, I'm just going to dismiss that notification. Yep. That's just, we're just going to not talk about that. <laughs> It's fine. I dated him for a while. It was fine. It's fine. It was fine. You know, we made it work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>